Today on Awaken to Grace, we are in part two of a sermon called The Foundation of Eternal Rewards. As we begin this new series studying what eternal rewards will be for believers. Is it wrong to desire eternal rewards? Should eternal rewards motivate today's Christian? We're going to help give you the right and the biblical perspective when it comes to heavenly rewards. Well, today at the end of this sermon, I'm going to talk about how one day, based on Revelation 4, you and I will have the opportunity to take the crowns that we have won in this life for the glory of God, and we will cast those crowns at the feet of Jesus. Friends, it will be the ultimate, it will be the most supreme act of worship in all of existence. Will you have crowns to cast at the feet of Christ? Will you be able to engage in that incredible act of worship found in Revelation 4? Well, to get ready for that, we're going to go to 1 Corinthians 3. We're going to see how Paul says we are either building our lives of gold, silver, precious stones, or we are using cheap and inexpensive material. In other words, we're doing the lazy, we're doing the apathetic, we're doing the easy Christianity of building out of things like wood and hay and straw. That one day when God tests our lives by the fire, well, we're either going to have great quality lives to enjoy for eternity, or Scripture says the believer will suffer loss. We'll explain all of that today. I'm so glad you're with me, and I hope you'll be with me through this entire series. Today, let's go to 1 Corinthians 3. Let's understand the foundation of eternal rewards as we conclude part two of this sermon on the foundation. Each one's work will be made manifest when... For the day will disclose it. See, I can't see your motives, and you most certainly cannot see my motives. It's going to take the day, it's going to take the judgment seat of Christ to truly reveal it. How will our motives be revealed? Well, Paul tells us. I'm so glad you asked. Look what it says. By fire. By fire. I want you to write down a principle. Man and fire are inseparable. Humanity and fire are inseparable. See, either you are marching through life without Jesus headed toward hellfire, or you are marching through life, serving to the glory of God, and one day fire will test the motives of your life. Either way, you will not escape fire. It's inseparable. And watch what happens. Notice the last phrase of verse 13. It is the fire that's going to test. In other words, it's the fire that's going to reveal the value of your life. The quality of your service to Jesus, the quality of your Christian life, the fire is going to reveal the quality. Are we ready for that? Do we think about that? The purpose is to get us ready 
It was Matthew Henry who died in the early 1700s. It was Matthew Henry who gave this gem to the church. He said it ought to be the business of every day to prepare for your last day. It ought to be the business of every day to prepare for your last day. What I want to do in this series is to give us an eternal perspective. It was C.T. Studd, that great preacher, who said, This life will soon be past, and what is done for Christ is all that will last. Do we live for eternity? Notice verse 14. If what we have built on, this foundation, if any man has built on this foundation, if his work survives the fire, then what is promised? He'll be rewarded. Verse 15, if it is burned up, you suffer great loss. But does that mean that someone will not go to heaven? No, because notice what the scriptures say. Even though that believer will suffer great loss, he will still be saved. So as by fire. The, the word picture is escaping a burning home, getting out in time. You will not be judged for your sin. Your sin was judged already by Jesus Christ on Calvary. But you will be judged for the life you lived. Whether or not you were faithful, whether or not you were obedient, whether or not you were sacrificial, that is what the Lord will judge us by. So, rewarded. I want to talk for just a few moments, and let me set our series up by talking about rewards. First of all, let me say, many Christians have a skewed view of rewards. They have a skewed perspective. You know, I think that there is something to be said that we do not serve Jesus only to be rewarded. But see, here's what I want you to understand. What is our true reward? Colossians 3, 23, 24, and 25 gives us that answer. Colossians 3, 23 teaches that our true reward is inheriting the kingdom of God. It's our inheritance. That's our reward. So if our true reward is an inheritance of the kingdom of God, I want you to understand, we do not serve God as an employee serves an employer. No. We are not rewarded as an employer rewards an employee. No, you and I serve Jesus as sons and daughters of God. Amen. We are rewarded as sons and daughters of God. The kingdom is ours. Amen. It is our inheritance. So what's my motivation to get something out of God? No, he's my father. He's my father. I don't have to connive. I don't have to manipulate. I don't have to try to twist his arm. I don't have to try to figure out the combination code. No, all I have to do is go to Abba Father. And if the Bible says in Romans 8 that if God not sparing his own son but freely gave him up for us, how will he not also with him give us everything else we need in this life? 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, it is his divine power that has granted to us all things that pertain to both life and godliness. I don't have to twist God's arm to be good to me. I don't have to manipulate him to be good to me. 
He's my father. I'm his son. So when we talk about rewards, when we talk about living for eternity, it's not an employee being paid by an employer. It's a son and daughter serving out of a grateful heart to the father. Do you realize that God is eager to give you rewards? The scriptures say in Matthew 6, Jesus said, lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven. That's pretty good motivation. The scriptures say in Hebrews 11.6 that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Amen. Scriptures say in Revelation 22.12 that when Christ returns, what is he bringing with him? The Bible says rewards in his hands. What are those rewards in his hands? I believe part of it are the crowns of Scripture. So when you and I stand at the Bema judgment seat of Christ, what, as the Lord assesses our lives... What kind of rewards can we anticipate? Now say amen if you're with me right now. Is it okay if I just do some teaching? Do we need a coffee break? I mean, do you guys need some more caffeine? I know it's raining outside. Okay. (laughs) We're used to rewards in this life, aren't we? When our children are small, what do we begin to do? We begin to reward them. But as you grow up into adulthood, rewards get very serious, don't they? They get very expensive. For the most elite in our societies, they get some pretty amazing rewards. Um, in just a few weeks, somebody's going to earn a Super Bowl championship ring. That's a pretty good reward. People earn congressional medals of honor. People earn Pulitzer Prize awards. People earn Nobel Peace Awards. People earn Grammys and Emmys. There are some who are elite who earn such trophies and such rewards. But let me tell you what the scriptures teach. Every single believer can be rewarded by Jesus Christ. Every believer. Note what the scriptures say. I'm going to give you three areas that I believe include our rewards. I have been following a great deal of teaching by Randy Alcorn, which is exceptional on this topic, Erwin Lutzer, which is exceptional, and Mark Hitchcock, which is exceptional. And I want to share with you three areas of rewards that we will have the potential with. Number one, praise from Jesus Christ. If you go to the next chapter of 1 Corinthians, and I will not break it all down, but it's good for you to read. 1 Corinthians chapter 4 says that we are servants of Christ and stewards of the mystery of the gospel, verse 1. Verse 2, moreover, it is required of stewards to be found faithful. See, you and I are owners of nothing and stewards of everything. Amen? Amen. We are owners of nothing. Stewards of everything. You think you're the owner? Have a heart attack. 
And who's going to take over what you own? Who is it going to be given to? We're owners of nothing, stewards of everything. We must be found faithful. Then it goes on to say in verse number 5 that each believer is going to receive a praise from the Lord Jesus Christ, a commendation by Jesus. Now think about that. You may feel like the least believer in this room. You may feel like the least Christian in this entire audience. But Jesus is going to have something wonderful to say about you and to you. You know what I love about this verse is that each believer receives a praise. God is not going to issue rewards based upon nations, (laughs) based upon generations, based upon nationalities, or based upon churches. No, individually, to you personally, you will receive the reward. I love that. Can you imagine what it's going to be for Jesus to give you commendations? What do you think he will say? What do you think he will say of your life? Number two, we will receive positions of authority in the kingdom of God. See, Jesus taught that based on the faithfulness of the way we lived on this earth is where we will rule and reign throughout eternity. And Jesus said some people are going to be so faithful, some are so trustworthy that they will rule cities of 10, 10 cities. Some will rule five cities. And the scriptures teach there are going to be levels of authority in heaven. But I think who are rulers in heaven will be very surprising to us. I've been reading a lot of Randy Alcorn, who I love his teaching so much. And he shared a phenomenal story. He was doing a very important conference at this high-end hotel and many people there. And he became friends with the bellman. And he gave the bellman one of his books and toward the end of the conference, he just felt compelled to give him a gift. He gave him a rugged wooden cross. And the bellman had prayed for that conference all throughout the days. They just, I don't know, it touched his heart. And when Randy gave that bellman that gift, That bellman told Randy, he said, you shouldn't have done that. He said, I'm only a bellman. No, you're a son of the Lord God. Amen. And Randy said, I believe it's people like him that I will have the privilege of serving under in eternity. Amen. We will have praise, commendation from Jesus. We will have positions of authority in the kingdom. And thirdly, we will have privileges throughout eternity. Now, what are these privileges? I want you to follow me for a moment. Oh, what a rainy Sunday to tackle such heavy subjects. Now, say amen if you're with me. You're not sleepy, are you? You're not hungry, are you? Okay. All right. All right. I heard a yes. I appreciate your honesty. Amen. I wouldn't want to go to the judgment seat and lying on that. So, <laughs> What are privileges in the kingdom? I'm not going to have you flip through the scriptures and find it, but I will have you note it so you can go back on your own time. 
Beginning in Daniel chapter 12, verses 1 through 3, Daniel teaches something extraordinary. He teaches that some are going to rise after the resurrection of the dead. Some will be unrighteous and they'll rise to unrighteousness. Others are righteous and they will rise to righteousness, speaking of true believers. Again, never forget, there is a clear separation in Scripture. It is sheep and goats. It is the saved and the lost. And you are in one of two camps. There are no independents here. You're one of two. So Daniel says that the righteous, now I need you to follow me because I'm excited. You're with me, right? Because I can't see you. You're with me. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. Here we go. Daniel says that the righteous are going to shine like the stars throughout all eternity. Now, you fast forward to Matthew chapter 13, verse 43. Did you know that after after the parable of the seeds being sown, did you know that Jesus quotes Daniel 12? Did you know that? And Jesus says that we will shine with the light of God for all of eternity like stars. Now you fast forward to Paul's teaching in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 when he teaches on the resurrection, which is what Daniel was teaching on centuries before. And you know what Paul says? 1 Corinthians 15, verses 40 and 41 and 49. Paul says that just as we have earthly bodies that's made for this earth, so there are heavenly bodies made for heaven. See, that's why you and I can't understand everything about heaven. We're made for right here, right now. Now our soul is made for eternity. But we can't fully understand everything, can we? But be assured, it's as real, it is as tangible as the chair you're sitting in right now. Now, Paul says just as there are earthly bodies and just as there are heavenly bodies, we will be raised to a heavenly body. And listen to what he says. The sun has its glory, the moon has its glory, and the stars have their glory, and the stars differ in their glory. The stars, some stars are brighter than other stars. Do you know what scholars believe is the teaching there? One of the privileges, one of the rewards of eternity is that we are going to shine forever. We are going to display the glory of God to such a degree. It is going to be like the stars shining. Amen? So what's the thing with the rewards? I believe some believers will have a greater capacity to shine more brightly, to display God's glory more brightly than others. Now, will that diminish any joy in heaven? No, I don't think so. One person put it this way, and I like this. Everyone's cup will be filled, but some will have larger cups to fill. 
So those who lived more sacrificially, those who truly lived for others, those who denied themselves and picked up their cross, those who through their sufferings ceased from sinning, as the scriptures say, those who faced trials and tribulations like the hall of faith in Hebrews chapter 11, oh, they will shine with the capacity to display God's glory. Do you desire that? See, where so many of our view is wrong when it comes to rewards, we have a false humility. You know what the false humility is? Oh, shucks now. I don't really want nothing when I get to heaven. Oh, little old me, I'll just be glad to be there. Oh, just give me a shack on the hills of glory. (laughs) Then why did Jesus say, lay up for yourselves treasure? Why did Jesus say, run this race? You know why? Because he wants to reward you. He wants you to live for these heavenly rewards. It is his joy. It is his honor. It is his privilege. It will be his delight to reward a life well lived. Our problem is that we don't think about it. Our problem is that it's in our peripheral instead of in the center. Well, I'll begin to close today these privileges. Let me close with where we're going to be over the next six weeks. In Revelation chapter 4, verses 10 and 11. Now remember, Scripture identifies five crowns of Scripture, and we're going to break down each crown and what they mean and how you can gain it. But now these crowns are not like diadem crowns. There are two Greek words for crowns in the scripture. There's diadem, which means royal crown. And then there's Stephanus. Stephanus means an overcomer's crown. Okay. The Stephanus crown is what in Paul's day, the Isthmus games in Corinth, that's what they want. It would be the equivalent today of a gold medal. And the Stephanus crown was a wreath. It was a garland. It was a evergreen wreath That was of enormous honor. And you know what the scriptures say you and I will do with the crowns that we win? It says, Revelation chapter 4, verse 10, it says the 24 elders, and in my view, the 24 elders is the blood-bought church of Jesus Christ. Go back, listen to our Revelation series on chapter 4, and I explain it all, and I explain why I believe the 24 elders is the representation of the blood-washed church from the day of Pentecost through the last days. And as you and I, the 24 elders, the blood-washed church, as we receive our commendation from Jesus, as we receive the positions of authority, as you, as, I, as you and I rule as kings and priests with Jesus, and do you know why that makes Satan so angry? It's because we fail with him. And how is it that God, who will not save demons, How is it that God, who did not bleed for the 
host of angels. How is it that God would take humanity who followed Satan in his rebellion and elevate him to be kings and rulers with Jesus? Oh, it makes him furious. And you and I will take our crowns that we have won, that we have been given. We didn't earn them as employees. We won them as sons and daughters. And here's what the scriptures say. Revelation chapter 4 verse 10. We will cast our crowns at the feet of Jesus. And verse 11 says that we the church will say. Worthy are you Lord. For by your will all things exist. Have you listened to the music Awakened to Grace Creates? You can check out all of our albums by going to awakenedtograce.com or you can listen for free when you download my mobile app, Awakened to Grace, wherever you get your favorite apps.